1: Welcome to the Ever Black Podcast. On this episode, we talk to one of the hardest working frontmen in the Australian metal scene, Sam Dillon from Lowe, who are going to be hitting the road with Cult Leader this week, kicking off on Wednesday night at the Crowbar in Brisbane. Now, I've been looking forward to this gig for a very, very long time, and I'm a huge fan of uh, both bands, and uh, yeah, Cult Leader's a patient man, is uh, just phenomenal, and uh, Lowe, I mean, holy shit, they are probably one of the best live bands in the country. So um, make sure you uh, definitely check out one of the shows in your town. The tour kicks off on Wednesday, 10th of April at the Crowbar in Brisbane. Then Thursday, 11th of April at the Cambridge in Newcastle. Friday, the 12th of April at the Factory Floor in Sydney. And then Saturday, 13th of April, the Tote in Melbourne. Tickets are on sale now through www.carbonsunset.com. Make sure you uh, get those tickets, man. It's going to be unreal. Right now, I just want to give a shout-out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Blacklight Art and Design, who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs. They've done all our shirts and hats for EverBlack Media, and they've got such a quick turnaround. I highly recommend checking these guys out www.blackwhitead.com.au. The show is also brought to you by our good friends at RW Promotion, who are the best in the biz when it comes to stickers, flyers, banners, badges, and all other promo you need for your band or business, www.rwpromotion.com.au. And also want to give a shout-out to Lumberpunks Axoring Club, who now have two venues in Queensland, one in Miami on the Gold Coast, the other in West End in Brisbane, Lumberpunks Axe Throwing Club is a perfect destination uh, to blow some steam and throw some axes with your mates. All sessions are 1.5 hours in length and comprise of a safety induction, instruction on tactical tomahawks and hatchets, and then competitive play. If you put Everblack in your booking notes, you'll receive 10% off your session. Terms and conditions apply. Alright, here is my chat with Sam from Low. Get your tickets for the Cult Leader and Low Australian Tour now. Kicks off this week. Here we go.
2: Dan, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. How's things going? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty busy. I'm um, pretty fatigued, but all for the right reasons. So hey, were you just on tour? No, um, my missus is actually on tour. Um, uh, she's just been touring around with Peking Ducks, so I've just been helping out driving them around and stuff. So it was a pretty interesting weekend to see what happens when you make music that actual people buy. So <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> different in the metal world where people do it for a passion, but not much money in the bank. But, hey, you know, it keeps you young. I know that one, man. That's that's quite a contrast. Oh, well, you know, if you do it genuinely and you work hard, like, I'm sure it pays
1: off. You, that's true, man. I mean, you're going on to mm. tour this
2: week. It's going to be phenomenal. You're gearing up to
1: hit the road with Cult Leader. Now, I'm a fan of both Cult Leader and Lowe. Man,
2: I'm super pumped for the show in Brewston on Wednesday. How did that tour come about? Um, I had a conversation with uh, Lachlan Watt from Carbon Sunset and Triple J, as you guys know, and. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, he was hitting me up about what venues low might would be interesting uh, to be playing in, in Sydney. And uh, he seemed to be asking quite a few questions about uh, capacities and stuff. So I knew that he was definitely planning on doing something with a large band. Mm. Uh, And then when I uh, prodded him and asked who it was, and he revealed it was cult leader, I instantly my ears pricked up because I was a massive Gaza fan growing up and then, Naturally, into Cult Leader as well. Mm. So, I would, I definitely wanted Lo to be involved further than just one show. So, we were very lucky that um, it came about that we would be able to do the whole tour and make it a a joint effort and be able to see them do it more than just one night and have them for a whole week. So, we're very spoiled. Oh, absolutely, man! And when I saw the announcement, because I'm, I, I love Cult Leader as well and Gaza. I mean, f- phenomenal dudes. Um, so when I saw it. And I saw that you were involved as well. I thought it was just perfect, man. Because it seems that you guys are somewhat kindred spirits in a way. Definitely, I was thinking that today. It's like it's a dream tour for Low because I really feel that Cult Leaders cut from the same cloth as Low. Mm. So like, they're both moody, hyper, vicious, and uh, like unforgiving metal. But, it, but at the same time, we're not forsaking groove or a catchy riff just to be aggressive for aggressive sake. So there's always an anthem there. There's always a groove. And um, definitely that attention to detail and importance of being really genuine and giving it, like, 10 out of 10 when you're on stage looks to be very paramount to both low and cult leader. So I really can't wait to, like, witness the song. They're doing off the last two albums and see it live and on, like, especially in the hometown one in Sydney and be able to do it in Melbourne as well. So I think they'll be the two strongest gigs, but I'm really looking forward to a midweek shuffle in Brisbane as well. I mean, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, like, since I saw it. Because,
1: I mean, A Patient Man,
2: like, that's such a great album, man. Um, Oh, it's just like the live clips as well that people have been passing around. It really does mm. justice for that record. So I'm really pumped to see that on this one of shows. And and, um, I I really like that expansion that they've been doing from that signature guitar style uh, from originally in Gaza. It's evolved a lot further. And also how the vocalist has really gone, like, a lot deeper, a bit more monstrous with the deliveries when he's doing the lyrics. So... Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's more a refined, more mature, more uh, like what's the word? Just it's just a better artistic expression, I, r- I reckon. Like it's really concise in how it comes across, and it's definitely built uh, for a live, a live experience. And I just love that record so much; it was definitely my highlight for two thousand and eighteen. And I'm still spinning it too.
1: I'll be honest that both bands Slow and and Cult Leader have had quite an impact on me musically of late and have actually shifted
2: my own musical direction which I think Right you know at my age I didn't think would be you know I thought I'd stuck in my ways but it's opened massive doors for me have you found that as well I mean you said you've been into Gaza for a while but has it helped you in a way with your own writing I, I think it's I just love the fact that they're able to paint with a with a you know, with fewer colours in the palette. They don't have mm. to go so over the top like a lot of extreme acts do and they do show their colours of, of grind influences and death metal influences and the blast beats and then even like the crooning Nick Cave sort of ballads that they're taking you on. But it's not so much that it becomes distasteful or or like saturated. It's it makes you uneasy, but it definitely has room to move around in as well. So it's like it's a lovely soundtrack effect that the album has and it really takes you on a journey. And I feel that that definitely built up from that meandering, haunting, harrowing stuff that they were doing early on in Gaza. It's just they've made it a bigger beast. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, with Low, I feel, you know, as we said before, you kind of kindred spirits. You guys... Capture that those elements perfectly as well, so it's going to be something special. Yeah, I, de- I like I definitely feel that that intensity and commitment to your craft are like is a creed that Low and Cult Leader go by. So uh, we'll be definitely bringing like the most vicious live show that we can each night <laughs> on tour because I've seen I've seen the stage shows that these guys have done years ago, and I just I, I know that the Australian audiences are just going to be blown away by it. So you saw Gaza Life? I've seen them several times, yeah. I was very lucky. I was probably one of the few people in that scene to the other scenes from Australia. But, um, uh, yeah, I was in the Axe of Fall tour uh, for Converge a few years ago in Europe, and I saw several of the shows. And night after night, they mopped the floor uh, with the other bands. It was fantastic. That's unreal, man. And uh,
1: another band, I mean, you, you, you're you no stranger to you know playing with uh, internationals. I mean, recently you did uh, a show with uh, a Nile, Natharik.
2: How was that? That was, uh, you know, surreal because they are cartoonishly heavy um, and they do <laughs> stick to their own way of presenting themselves. And it's really refreshing, I think, in, in a genre that's so staunch and trying to be o- overly masculine. Um, the, the kind of humour that they have in the banter as well, and they, they're really quite personable people. And I was I was absolutely stoked uh, to be able to play both with Lowe and and my other band, um, on those shows. And see these guys sitting on the side of the stage, headbanging along to the set and enjoying it, and having chats afterwards, and being very, very accompanying to the fans, and and very thankful and humble for the time that they had with the people. Uh, I've, I loved um, uh, was it, uh, the whole of the law was my favourite record that they brought out, and then they topped it again with um, with like horror strife and all their new singles that they brought out on the latest tour. So it's a really um, a really submersive, very over the top hyper reality that they put forward. So, I was very happy to be able to play on those stages with them. I think it might be an English thing too. You know how how cool they were. Well, you know, there's plenty of uncool English people as well. There's cool and uncool people from every nation around the world. I think it's more to do with the the use of language. The use of language as your humour tool rather than Americans that will be quite slapstick and physical in their comedy. Uh, everything takes place in conversation with British humour. So... To be able to have a thing where you're not, not going to be seeing your characters via music, um, you're able to create very violent calendars, very humorous, uh, humorous characters for your music. So it's, they're very witty guys and um, I quite love the mystique they do of not printing their lyrics. So you have to be always kept on one foot guessing. I mean, your last album with Lowe's The Sigil and you know, you've been touring on that over the last couple of years. Have you been working on no, new music? We're actually in the midst of, uh, uh, not recording, but pre-production at the moment, so uh, all the boys have been writing their parts and we've been workshopping ideas for album number four. Um, I don't have a deadline on when it's coming out, but it's like we were hoping to have it sometime later this year, I'd say. Um, We've got other things coming out and some pretty nice festival spots that will be released soon, so... Uh, it's an exciting year for us, even though it might seem like we've slowed down on the engines, but it's not the case at all. It just takes a long time to bring this stuff out, and we've got a very high pride of what the craft we do, so we don't want to be releasing anything half-assed. Are you going to be testing out some of this stuff on the road on this tour? No, it's too it's too early for that at the at the moment. Um, we're more just focused on on just delivering the best shows possible to go with these these amazing shows that we'll be doing with Colt Leader and. Um, we're very lucky that we've got some great uh, local supports as well, uh, with uh, our friends in descent from Brisbane who just released uh, some new material, and same with No Haven, their, their album only came out a couple of months ago, so I've yet to see the, the new material they've done live, so I'm very excited for that as well. Yeah, and uh, Empress. Yes, yeah, the Brisbane chums. So I'm um, I'm I'm very happy that they're joining us as well. It's like it's getting. I feel like Australia is definitely experiencing another sort of boom, like another rena- renaissance in the extreme mm. uh, sense of the music. So I guess there's, it's better and better with people like Soundworks touring and direct touring and impure sounds that they're able to take a risk on bringing out bands uh, from overseas because it just creates another platform for these young bands to be able to cut their teeth on the live circuit and not just be playing to the same old bunch of fans that they already have. There is definitely something happening uh, in the scene at the moment, even I've noticed. And it's uh, an exciting time. So uh, do you feel it's that way more so down your way? Well, definitely. Like, um, Melbourne's got a larger population. We're not as scrutinising with our um, our laws to do with music venues and housing areas and noise restrictions. So we do Mm -hmm. have a very healthy scene, especially for the extreme sense. I'd I'd say that most grind bands and most death metal bands um, that have been doing quite successfully do come from Melbourne. So... It's it's more just to do with we have the environment that fosters it rather than shuts it down.
1: Mm. Uh, As a side note, I've been trying to put a band together up here as a a, a separate project for my main band, similar to that sort of style. And on the Gold Coast, it's
2: almost impossible, dude. (laughs) Yeah. So it might be bruised. Well, Australia's isolated (laughs) enough as it is, you know, just to even get to a show, so... Yeah. You know, but the good thing about technology is you can do it on the fly like if you're, you're good enough with your organisation skills and you do force yourself to work in a vacuum and do your homework you can still have a band and be split apart you know like I only see the low boys when it's necessary to get together and rehearse before a gig or you know to do some pre-production recording stuff but most of the time we're doing our own work in our own time at home we all have lives, we're all adults but I, I don't think the passion for the music and the interest would be there if I had to be stuck in, in front of their faces five days a week.
1: You know. Yeah, in, in regards to that, I mean, you're you're a busy dude. I mean, you're also fronting fronting and you know, you got low plus a full time job, and you know, that's that's a hell of a lot of dedication, man. Where do you
2: where do you find that balance? um you know what it's very fatiguing uh obviously i've got a passion for extreme music and wanting to perform like that's a fundamental part of what makes me me and and how i identify as a person and the world that i've built up for myself since i was a late teenager Uh, Mm. i get a lot of love and excitement out of performing life but it does get tiring and it does get fatiguing and it can be disheartening at times if you feel like you're, you've worked so far, and you do a crap gig because there's a poor ticket sales, or you, you know, you might uh, have work commitments or family commitments. Things get in the way. It's like the modern world's very busy for everyone. I guess it's just being able to make smart decisions, being able to be genuine in the craft that you're making, and be proud of the of the material and the shows that you do. So it's just more the power to say no really is actually far far better than being able to say yes, right your time's precious. Like, yes, yeah. precious. Again, you get fewer and fewer moments of free time as you get older. So I'm more than happy to forego something if it means that I'm able to deliver something better and more genuine
1: next time. I definitely hear you there. It does get, <laughs> it does get harder and harder, but uh, that's why I appreciate you taking the time to chat tonight, man, because I know you just Oh, come it's back. all right. <laughs> 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 it's
2: fine. I like, I love, I love talking about stuff to do with low and gigs and, just the way that I, I really do feel like we are in a very lucky time at the moment. So like the more, the more people get nostalgic and want to like delve into the, the discography of extreme bands, they discover new ones all the time. And Spotify and just like you know blogs, music blogs and publications like that, radio podcasts. It's all just another window of you being able to discover new sounds and new mm. ways to create music. And people just got to keep reading and keep putting their ears to the ground and, and finding out new things. I don't think you'd, you'd be very happy if you start to stagnate. So you don't have to lose who you are, but you do definitely have to be stimulated and open to be stimulated.
1: What bands uh, are you spinning that, that may be
2: uh, uh, in the underground at the moment? I found a band called Mastiff that are pretty cool yeah like you know i i really just love things like i don't know if they'd be considered super underground at all but i love i love stuff like lord mantis um like an old enough that i only got into like about three years ago and i just mm. love everything that they've done uh cattle decapitation i'm always about i like things really that focus on delivering something a bit out of the ordinary a bit inhuman of the way that they've done it and also mm. The more extreme it is, you still got to be able to have some sort of hook and a groove in it. The more you do that, then it lasts beyond just the shock value. So that's important to me. I really like. I much prefer to listen to things like Elton John and um, Peter Gabriel, most days of the week, than just bombard myself with black metal or grind metal. I feel like it just sort of just gets a bit of a like a coffin over your head if you keep doing that. And mm. you, you lose sight of what actually is extreme and what actually is aggressive. You don't always have to be going a hundred miles an hour for it to have an impact. That's right, man. And I mean, you get all those dudes that that's it's just they're just brutal 24/7. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no but, one's no one's fun when they're 20. If you're brutal 24/7, it looks cool on on stage, but it's not so much fun to go to dinner at a Italian restaurant with you know. Like, um, there's only so many times someone can huff a crow. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> and, you know, Australia is a very hot climate, so corpse paint can be a bit of a problematic thing. It does, yeah. It doesn't look good when it's uh, dripping down on your <laughs> shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, everyone everyone's free to do what they want, and i I much prefer to have a very varied diet of what I listen to and, and what movies I watch and what books mm-hmm. I read. Um, I'm really into, like, natural history stuff above all. I just love reading very nerdy articles about discovering dinosaur fossils with feathers involved in them and, you know, sperm whales and everything like that. I just love things that make me excited about wanting to learn more. And um, unfortunately, in in the world of reality TV and... um, you know, just the dumbing down, really, the degenerations, like the de-evolution de- of people. Um, I find it less and less interesting to know stuff about humanity, and I, I just find more solace in natural history and and fossils and movies and using your imagination. Do you think that, you know, uh, fast forward in a 1,000 years, people are going to be looking back at this time now and just be embarrassed? You know what? It's just like like it's that thing of you'd only be embarrassed if you did well at least publicly you're only embarrassed if you admit you're embarrassed but the way I see this generation when we're old where we're all farts we're all gonna be walking around with heavily tattooed drug addled bodies and it's <laughs> like you're all in the same boat you're all decaying at the same rate it's not like someone's a freak because you're all freaks you're all on the same boat of sinking. so um it's just that thing of you refuse, I guess, to see the embarrassment. If there's nothing freakish about it, it's all the norm. There's nothing normal about married at first sight, though. I can't stand it, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I think, I think something lost is privacy and and intimacy in that. Mm. I I don't really know how genuine someone's love could be for someone when it's done so publicly. Obviously, with ratings in mind, I just
1: yeah I can't I I don't even watch normal TV anymore, man. I, I just well, there's,
2: I no, there's no need to I guess You're like no. you know, there's enough platforms out there now that like well the best movies that are being made are all on <laughs> are all on streaming sites. They're not even done in Hollywood anymore. So the best writers are, are being smart and the young up and comers and they're taking mm. money and they're they're going with a production house that's going to be able to match their vision rather than Hollywood that will dilute any any kind of you know impact that they might want to have through violence or racy material, um, just purely to make sure that it hits the demographics of everyone across a spreadsheet to make the money in the box office. I think it, in that sense, it is we are in a pretty damn exciting time. Yeah, oh, but uh, back to of course tour and 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 low, but with the two bands, was it New Dead? You did it. You did two slots in one day. Yes, yes, I did. I was I did uh, Lowe in the late afternoon and then Hadlemore in the early evening. How did that go? Oh, ah, it's great. Um, you know, thankfully, people enjoyed both of it. Um, they're, they're like, they are two different pieces. Like Hadlemore's far more technical and uh, more death metal, tech death metal inclined, and then Lowe's a more organic uh, sludge metal, progressive metal style um, and a bit more theatrical. So I bring different elements to both, um, and I approach it differently. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just out there striking while the iron's hot. To be fair, I, if I if one of them got stale and I wasn't able to create something that I was proud of, mm. then I would call it a day. I wouldn't want to go up there and flail about and not believe in the songs that I'm delivering. But physically, dude, you give 110 percent each performance. Doing that twice in a day, I, like, how did you pace yourself? How did you prepare for that? Because that is that's hectic, man. Well, I don't, I don't party before a show. Um, I don't understand singers that smoke or drink, or drink even, you know, do both while they're playing. Um, mm. It's it's your instrument. It's not like a guitar string where you snap it and you just replace it. It's your voice. Like that's your body, and everything you do directly impacts on it. So if you wanna deliver the best of your best, I I think it's just wise to have respect for your songs and respect for the audience by making sure that you are a bit more disciplined with the way you do it. That would have been incredible to see though. I it just blows my mind then. Well thanks, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's just you know, I I I really love doing it and I um I wanna do justice to the songs. So you you what you I don't understand these people that would go up there and only give five out of ten, right? Like, it's it's not a thing of thinking you're a hard by trying. It's
0: it no, means no, that you're no.
2: actually delivering. You're taking it serious. You're being a professional, and you're you're being a, you're being a creative. You're you're actually expressing uh, lyrics that gave you emotion, and you want to stir up emotion in someone else.
1: But I also understand, like physically, how how it can be like a marathon, even if it's half an hour up there, and you're just using every muscle in your body, and yep. then happen to do that again. So that's I mean. Bravo, dude <laughs> that's phenomenal well,
2: thanks mate yeah thank yeah. you it's it's um, quite a feat It's just, yeah I'll keep doing it till my body gives out you know i I, I just keep I just want to do it for the longevity of it I, I don't see a time where I don't want to perform um mm. i I just live to do it and I love touring and I love playing shows and I love recording I just love the entire aspect of it and Due to that, I'm able to go overseas and have experiences, and see new places, and go to art galleries, and try new foods, and meet new fans and friends, and have an interesting story to tell my grandkids one day, you know. So, and that's Absolutely. all to do with we've been able to just be true to what you're doing and release songs that hopefully other people like.
1: And they do, man. you you giving us a service here to strangers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, it'd be lovely if we got paid the same as plumbers, but unfortunately, uh, like with the creative industry, I think we've got a little bit mm. of a way to go. Like Europe's got it down pat. Um, yeah You're definitely treated with a lot of respect over there. Um, and Australia's getting a lot better with the touring re- regimes and stuff that are happening. Um, and the demand's definitely there. It's just that thing of. Uh, when you do have passionate people risking their bank balance to bring these bands out, it's a two-way street. So you can attend and support, and you'll be able to see the return of more and more of those bands. Mm. And yep. it's such an important platform for the scene to stay healthy and for local WACs to be able to be involved. So you'd be a real damn fool if you missed one of these shows next, like this week as they come through, because it's you know, it's all killer, and it's no filler. Like, every band on these builds is great. Absolutely. it's. Uh, I'm calling it now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would, def- the I would definitely call it the you know the best abrasive hardcore gig or best sludge metal gig of the year. Just like, but um, you know we don't know what the big boys might be bringing out later on in the year. I've heard talks around town, so I'm sure it's yeah. going to be a very healthy year for metal either way. I, I know the boys will be very excited as it's, it's been their first time out here um, to be able to play these gigs. So
0: it's yeah, very yeah. very lucky
2: that Carbon Sunsets pulled this together with us and. Um, I'm fucking stoked to be on the bill and I'm really enjoying it. It'll be a massive, uh, you know, feather in the cap and a kick off the bucket list to see these boys live. Absolutely, man, absolutely. So, uh, of course, you've got Dead Winner also coming up this year, which is going to be unreal. What, what other plans have you guys got cooking up? Uh, well, look, there's a couple of festivals that are hanging, uh, ha- happening down south later in the year that I can't really mention, but they'll, they'll you know, come to fruition very soon. There's also we'll probably be doing a string of East Coast stuff to do with um, the new material that comes out. So as you can expect from though there'll be some you know fantastic film clips and um, a yeah, whole the whole package will be cut, rolling out later this year when it once album falls off the off the press. Excellent, man. Well, I can't wait to see you guys this Wednesday at the Crowbar in Brisbane with Cult Leader. Sam, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us, man. It's been absolutely no worries, mate. Thank you very much. I'll see you in the pit on Wednesday.